Hi there. I didn't really want to do a, a, a fourth part of uh, the labeling issues, uh, the allergen issues in, in Pret-a-Mager um, regarding uh, customers who have died, uh, but in light of the new inquest into the second customer who has died, uh, Celia Marsh, there is an inquest uh, going on at the moment. It started on the 5th of September 2022 and will go on for about three weeks. And um, social media, of course, is exploding again on this. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to go too much into this at the moment. Um, people can just Google it. Um, but I want to add something to the, to the podcast episode I talked about um, on the labeling issues in Pratt. Um, I wanted to maybe do a complete, like an updated one episode of no more than 30 minutes, but I just, to be honest, I can't, I can't get my head around it because there's so much information and um, it's, if people really want to know how Pratt operate behind the scenes, just uh, if you scroll through this podcast here, uh, um, part, part one, part two, part three of um, ongoing labeling or mislabeling issues and allergy trial. <coughs> uh, basically a little recap for people who are new to this. Um, Pratt had two customers die. The first person was 15-year-old Natasha Edmond Perouse, who died from a sesame. She had a, a sesame allergy and several other allergies <coughs> um, in a baguette from Pratt that was not labeled. Um, it was only um, basically labeled in the allergen guide, which is very small printing behind the counter. Um, th this led to her parents campaigning in the UK and we now have, since October 2021, we have uh, Natasha's Law, where all food that is packaged, um, prepared, it doesn't matter if it's prepared in a factory or prepared on, a, on the premises uh, of a business, it has to be labeled with all the ingredients and allergens and all that. So that's good. Um, that's, that's the first step, but it's still a big mess in Pratt for sure. Um, then um, there has been a second death, unfortunately, and that's a mother of five, 42-year-old Celia Marsh, where there is an inquest going on right now, and she died on 27th of December 2017 uh, from dairy traces in a vegan wrap. Um, and that is a horrific story as well when you read. Um, so I, I can just encourage people to Google that and, and to find out more detail. And uh, very heartbreaking. Um, okay, and then, so all of this only came to light in 2018. And I talk very, very extensively about this on these three episodes if you scroll through my podcast here. And I write on, on my blog and all that. I'm not a professional. I know I'm stumbling with my words all over the place. I'm, you know, and people can dismiss me as, oh, she, she's just a disgruntled former employer, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can think what you want, to be honest. I'm just speaking from my experience in Pratt, um, and I'm taking my own traumatic experience out of this for a moment. Um, that's irrelevant at the moment in this, in this situation, but... Um, I speak from extensive knowledge how pret a the core people of Pret, how they work. And that included the top leadership, CEO, um, HR, HQ, management, etc. So it's not just um, that I worked for three days there uh, for five hours and 
have a little bit, you know, that's it. No, 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 no. This is 10 years I'm talking about, and this is um, experience with the company, with the core people of the company itself. I want to just add a few things to, I, I forgot two things again, like, you know, like I said, I'm a professional. These were the first podcast episodes I've done, so um, I'm really stumbling through this. But um, I want to add something, uh, really highlight the chaos, um, the chaos, the, you know, incapability or whatever it is that Pratt has shown again and again and again, and carelessness plainly, where Pratt really uh, just show a clean, ethical, happy facade. And behind that facade is a very, very different story. Um, I can really just, because uh, I really can't do a full, uh, like, summary of the three previous episodes I've done, but please just listen to the, to the three episodes to really get a view of how it really worked behind the scenes. And um, I especially want to point out, again, the Barbigan seminar that Pratt held in 2017, which is a really weird seminar. Um, and also the difference that I explained between Starbucks CEO and uh, Pratt CEO and how they dealt with uh, crisis and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also I highlight a lot on the training or rather the lack thereof. And that's very, very important, these three things, the Barbican, uh, how different CEOs handled crisis and the, the training issues at, press, at Pratt, amongst other things. Um, so, but I forgot to mention in those episodes um, uh, that, so Pratt basically had complaints, um, I don't know since when it started, but there were complaints as far as I know going back even since 2015. Uh, where, I've, where I've seen tweets or a, a, a customer, a former customer published an open letter uh, and also a response from former CEO Clive Schley and that was from 2015 about labeling and him not having a clue what to do basically. I put that on my blog. <coughs> and uh, so that's at least 2015. I remember now I worked between 2008 and 2000 well, almost 2018, I, literally the last few days of 2017, December. So almost 10 years in Pratt. And I roughly remember that Pratt started, it was either 2015 or certainly 2016, Pratt started to label the uh, food that they donate by the end of the day for charity. And by the way, Pratt do donate food to charities and homeless people and stuff, that's true, but a lot, a lot of food is wasted every day in its packaging, yeah? So it's not just, I mean, we all know that charity mainly, is, I mean, charity is big business. Charity, you do charity, you get tax breaks, you get brownie points with the public and all that kind of stuff. A lot of food in Pratt is, um, is wasted. And I have a blog post on this as well where I, where I put customers' complaints with photos of, you know, food on the street and stuff like this. But anyway, um, so Pratt started, and I remember thinking, oh, that's weird, that's interesting, huh? That's real. And, and, and I was told by management, um, you have to put the labels on the, um, this is 2015, 2016, roughly. This was not before 2015, for sure. Um, we had to print out 
it, it was only allergen. It was only allergen labels. It wasn't the full ingredient list. It was just allergen, you know, whatever was on the, is it in the UK, the 14 allergen list uh, on the labels. And we had to, at the end of the day, we had to take whatever food we wasted, we had to put through the system, of course, we had to put these stickers on. Um, for charity, for homeless people, basically. And I remember thinking as well, like, hmm, why are we not doing this for the whole, for all the, you know. But of course, Pratt, you know, made customers and staff responsible to either check on the allergen guide or uh, on the website. But, you know, this is just, you know, you think, I mean, I thought myself, you know, okay, Pratt knows what they're doing, whatever, haha. <laughs> but, um, so, and I remember, um, uh, there were times, for example, where a charity, and, and also, I mean, Pratt, say, always claim online and, and on their marketing that they have a fleet, a quotation mark, a fleet of car picking up food every night and distributing is. In my 10 years in 30 plus shops, I've never seen a fleet of car, cars, let alone one car pick up food, yeah? So it's only, only volunteers who do that. And um, uh, so when, Charity volunteers came in to pick up the food. Um, I so I gave it out. I was a team leader, and I, when I was closing the shop, I was responsible that night or whatever. And then I, so I gave out the food. And the next day or a few days later, I got got in trouble by management saying, "You gave out food to charities without the labels on. We are not supposed to do that." And I said, "Oh, okay, that's new to me. You know, I didn't realize how strict that was. It was, it, it, but it was very inconsistent." Other times, um, you know, charity people came in and they wanted to take the food and I said, listen, we could not, we did not have the time to label it. Um, and I was told by management, if we, if, we don't, if we don't have time to label it, we have to throw the food out. So then I have had the, the charity people mad at me because I'm not giving out the food. I said, listen, I got in trouble for giving out food without labels and now you're putting me in trouble for not giving it out to you. What, what you know, I have to go with what basically my manager said. And I apologized, and I said, you know, you know, I, at the time I didn't understand the gravity of this, you know, with the labeling issues. Uh, so this was around 2015, 16, and also 17. And um, my priority, and I was very organized. It doesn't matter if it was the morning shift or the late shift. I was always very organized. I set priorities, <coughs> like I explained in my other three episodes. Um, that as a team leader, one of the big responsibilities. I had on uh, my job description was health and safety, and that meant things like checking temperatures, that the that the cooling system is all working fine, that the, that the food is safe within the legal um, temperature requirement. Which, by the way, in Scotland is a slightly different than any, than in England. But so all these things, so you you know you make sure that everything is properly wasted. There is no expired food on the shelves or in the fridges or anything like this. So this kind of stuff, this was my priority. This was health and safety first. Then that the shop is clean. So for me, basically, labeling the food for charity at the end of the day was the, the, was the last priority. That meant, like, like I was instructed by my manager, if we don't have time to label the food, we have to throw it away. We have to waste it. So I left it at the end, and many times I was able to label it, and there wasn't a problem. Um, and then we gave it out, but often also charity volunteers didn't come in. We had to throw it away anyway, even while it was labeled. Yeah, uh, and other times I just couldn't, and it was not the priority. It was not important. So to be safe, okay, we throw it away. So that was the inconsistency, which was kind of confusing, but I didn't think much more on it because I'm thinking, okay, Pratt knows they know what they're doing, whatever. 
which turned out not to be true. But um, so that was that. That was something, you know, Pratt started to label in around 2015, for sure 16. And maybe if it was 2016, maybe it was due to Natasha Edna LaPerouse having died the first time around. Or it could have also been because, I mean, definitely Pratt had many complaints and also was sued in New York in New York by a customer who also had a sesame reaction and landed in hospital, but he lost his case. Very simply because I read the whole court, court document. It's because um, in those days in, in the USA, I think the allergen list was only eight or something like that. Um, and sesame was not a legal requirement to be labeled. Uh, to, to, you know, in, in the USA, but it was a legal requirement in Canada next door, yeah. So Pratt got off, you know, got off again because it was, a, again, they didn't break it out. Someone on Twitter told me that under Biden now, allergen is part of the USA list now, but I haven't, you know, don't quote me, I haven't checked it. Um, so that was, so maybe because of all these stuff, but instead of starting to label all their foods, Pratt just labeled the food at the end of the day where we had to put the stickers on where we closed the doors for the charity, yeah? So they, they did this kind of half wishy-washy, half this, half that, nothing really a full-blown um, labeling for all customers. And I also believe partly they also didn't want to label is because Pratt used to claim um, that they do natural food and they, and they had to take that word natural off. That's why they now have the sign instead of saying organic coffees natural food, now they say organic coffees, um, freshly made food, which is also false. It's also not true because, well, I know from experience that there's lots of cheating going on in kitchens, um, and especially stretching expiry dates, but also customers increasingly have posted photos on social media with moldy sandwiches or even rats dropping on a baguette and all that kind of stuff. And staff have told me, especially during pandemic, Pratt increased that, that they, they are carrying over sandwiches for the next day. They don't throw it out, they don't donate it, okay, to make more money, to save money because of the pandemic losses. Anyway, and this is all, Google it, Google moldy food at Pratt or not fresh, and it will lead to my blog post on this. So Pratt had to take the word natural off. And this is, I believe was probably the reason why Pratt didn't want to label their food in the first place because people would have realized, they would have seen the e-numbers, they would have seen, you know, it's, it's GMOs, it's, it's loaded with chemicals where Pratt used to claim, oh, we, you know, we don't have the obscure chemicals in our food kind of stuff and that they always have on their walls all this bullcrap, yeah? Um, but the other confusing thing as well and, uh, was, for me, um, in 2017, for sure, I was in one, I was part of like a, what they call a trial shop, where in about, I would say, I can't remember, spring or summer, spring, something like this, Pratt started to trial, um, and then later they changed it completely. They, they always tried it first, and then they rolled it out to the whole company, which they now did anyway. Um, they trialed and rolled out labeling machines in, in all kitchens, but not for labeling ingredients or labeling allergen on, on products for customers to see. The labeling machines were for expiry dates in the kitchen. So the system used to be, and, and I think they still do it at times in the shop, the system used to be 
when you work in the kitchen or even in the shop and you have products, uh, you work in the kitchen and you take, you know, a, a, a product like a bucket of mayonnaise or something, and it's closed up. So you you open up the mayonnaise and you then have to, had to write hand write a, a, a product label, what they call a product label. You and it was it was very simple. It was basically you wrote down mayonnaise and then you looked what is the expiry date on the bucket. And let's say the expiry date is next month. Let's say let's say first uh, of October, yeah, 2022. And but from the time, of course, with all products, from the time you open that bucket, let's say, now don't quote me, I'm just making up a number because I can't remember, yeah? Let's say once you open it, uh, the mayonnaise has to be used within a week. It will expire next week. So you would then write down mayonnaise, expiry date on the bucket, um, factory expiry date, 1st of October 2022. New expiry date is once open would then be uh, next week, blah, 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 10th of September, what have you, anything. And then you, you initial it, and then you would go to your line manager. It can be a manager, it can be the kitchen leader, it can even be the shop leader, um, and they co-sign it. Basically, they, they check the date, they should know the date, or there is a list. If you don't know, which is fine, you can't know everything, but there is a list where you, you check the dates. And then they co-sign, and if, if I made a mistake, they say, oh, the date is wrong, then I just have to redo it. It's not a big deal, yeah, and that happens. So that was the system for years and years and years and years in Pratt. But then in 2017, Pratt started to trial first and then roll out uh, labeling machines company-wide only for kitchens and only for expiry date um, labeling. So, and the machines, which wasn't a bad idea, you know, it's, it's good, but um, you still can make a mistake, to be honest with that. So, the machines basically was, you punched in, and, and the machines were all, they were all already pre-programmed with all the um, ingredients, like mayonnaise or salmon, smoked salmon or whatever. It was already pre-programmed what the expiry date would be once it's opened. So, you put in, you have salmon, smoked salmon, the expiry date is, let's say, um, what do we have? Uh, let me just go to the calendar. The expiry date, let's say the expiry date is, um, so today is the 7th of September 2022. Let's say on a closed smoked salmon, the expiry date is on the 18th of September. But once opened, the expiry date would be on the 11th of September, as an example. So I would put in to the machine smoked salmon, it would, you know, and then it would come up with the smoked salmon, and then I would put in, then it would ask me what is the expiry date on the, on the packaging itself, and I would put in 18th of September, and then the machine calculates automatically, because it's been programmed, that the expiry date once opened will be the 11th of September, as an example. And then you print it out, and fine. Um, so the machine basically calculates it because it's been programmed, but I can still make a mistake. I can still put in ex accidentally 25th of September, let's say, but that that shouldn't happen because uh, you can't peel off or you can't mess with the labeling, with the original label on the smoked salmon. And you were not allowed to put the new label with a new expiry date once opened on the original label. Yeah, makes sense. So. So Pratt rolled out these machines in 2017 after Natasha Edna Lubrous died. But they did not put out machines for labeling for all the foods. Yeah? So it, it, it's all very, it was all very chaotic, very inconsistent. You know, what, you know label, the labeling of 
expiry dates for kitchen ingredients. So this was only for the kitchen, nothing for the shop. I mean, you could still use it for the shop as well, like for example, milk or whatever. But it was mainly for, you know, in a shop we still use the hand labels and stuff. Uh, for, for example, cream, we had to label, you know, you open a, a bottle of cream that you use for whipped cream and that has a, once it's open, it has a two-day shelf life and you, once it's open, you just write it down, you know, the, and then you stick it on the, on the bottle. But um, implementing labeling machines for expiry dates for the kitchen was really not a priority. It wasn't even important because it worked for years and years. We had this handwritten situation going on and it didn't, it didn't, oh, I think one reason why Fred probably did that because the machines, you know, printed out the calculated expiry date because it was programmed. Therefore, we didn't need to have a, someone co-sign, like a, like a manager on duty co-sign anymore. Maybe Pratt did that to cut down on the timing because everything is so strictly timed in kitchens where staff run like absolute crazy. Yeah? And I explained that in my other episodes because they are so rushed and pressured that they will then accidentally take a wrong ingredient. They will take maybe a dairy yogurt instead of a vegan yogurt or they will take mayonnaise instead of a dairy yogurt which happens which I put on my blog and, and talk about but so one reason may, ha may be that Pratt just wanted to cut down uh, labor time because you print out the label from a machine you don't have to, you don't need anyone to co-sign anymore because even the co-signing if if a manager on duty was, for example, in the shop, but there was no one in the kitchen. The people from the kitchen had to walk all the way up to the shop to, you know, to let the manager co-sign. And that is, that is, uh, that can be, you know. And I had even, I had even staff in the kitchen ask me when I was new in a shop, in a certain shop, I, I transferred to another shop, and then, and I was a team leader, so I was someone who would then co-sign when the kitchen leader wasn't around. And I had a team members in the kitchen say to me, hey, what are, what are your initials, my, my name initials? And I said, why? And I said, well, just want to know. I said, uh, 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 uh. And I knew already what they were doing. I said, no, 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 you don't co-sign my name on this. I do things properly. I'm not going to do these dodgy things. And you then put my, my initials on there, and I don't even know, you know, about this. And when something is, goes wrong, I'm in trouble because my initials are on there. No, 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 yeah, so these kind of because they didn't want to waste, because they were always so pressured and they didn't want to waste time to have to come to the shop for, to ask me to co-sign, basically. Um, so that's the thing. So that's why I think Pratt implemented those machines. But that wasn't those expiry date printing machines really, really were not important, to be honest. They were not, that was not a priority. The pri priority would have been to put labeling machines company-wide for shop ingredients and then go from there, yeah? So that's the inconsistency that Pratt always did. Pratt was and is able to have changed things around, and I, that, which I also explain with the Barbican Seminar in the other episodes, um, where they could have changed the theme of that Barbican Seminar and invited some experts, some allergen experts and some scientists in to do some real training for us and stuff like that, but no, mm -mm, no, nah, they're just... We just labeled the food with allergen by the end of the day for a charity. And Pratt started to label expiry dates, putting machines in kitchens, but no machines for um, what they do now because, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's basically what I forgot. Um, I'm sorry. <coughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place with this with this podcasting thing. And and but I can just say, I mean, if you listen to part one, two, and three, I'm really explaining how Pratt really. Um, I don't know if it's carelessness, inadequacy. I don't know, but uh, they. They are not, people always say, oh, Pratt are such trailblazers. No, they are not there. I mean, the only trailblazers there are is in, in hurting customers. And um, that's, there's trailblazers in that one. And, and as I can, I mean, if people don't believe me, I have stuff in writing, I have photos, I have all that kind of stuff. But, and if people want to think I'm just a disgruntled former employee, yeah, that's fine. Just think what you want. It really, I don't really, <laughs> really don't give a toss, to be honest. But um, that's just it. So. Yeah, I, I mean, with the with Celia Marsh's horrible death, to be honest, I I don't know if it was Pratt or not. I mean, Pratt have had wrong ingredients in food. Um, that is there is evidence of that. Photos, customer complaints, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in this case, I don't know because that could, really could be the yogurt company, the vegan yogurt company, because they said. Um, she died of dairy traces in a vegan wrap. It wasn't, they didn't say she died of dairy yogurt, so it wasn't like a full-blown dairy yogurt. So it's a, it's a tough one, and I don't know if they will ever find out. I hope, you know, her family will get answers and stuff like this, and, and it's just really, really horrible. And, um, yeah, I, I cannot, I'm not, I don't have any allergies to food, and I cannot even imagine... And for people out there who victim blame all the time, you read this over and over again, that's so upsetting. It makes me so angry, this whole thing of, oh, if I had such severe allergies, I would, I would do my own food. I would not. Stupid. That's such a bullshit uh, victim blaming crap. You still have to go shopping. If you're, if you're an allergy sufferer, you still have to go to a, to a supermarket yeah, to buy your, in quotes, own food and make it at, at home and, and I see it in Tesco all the time, especially Tesco Express where there's a better overview at, at the till and I'm, I'm going to maybe start going to make some photos and put them on my blog just to make a point, a visual point. Tesco Express has constantly uh, product recalls of products that are wrongly labeled or there is a missing ingredient. Even Itzo, the, the sister company of Pret-a-Manger, uh, they, they sell some, some food, Itzu food in Tesco. They had several product recalls, and this is a supermarket. And for anyone to say, well, if I had such uh, severe or if I had food allergies, I would not eat out. I would make my own food. Well, that really, I mean, there is no such thing as your, in quotation marks, own food. The only own food you would have is if you had a back garden or, or a big field and you grow your own food 110%, yeah? That's your own food. But there is no such thing as own food because you still have to go to the supermarket where the food is also mislabeled and there are product recalls, okay? This is a general problem and yet people have to just stop victim blaming. Plus, people with food allergies have the flipping rights to go out and eat out without fearing for their flipping life, yeah? I mean, I cannot, I don't have any food allergies. I don't have, but it's, 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 I cannot even imagine how it must be 24-7 to fear for your life or to fear for the life of your children or loved ones 
because you don't know if they if they're gonna come back home when they just eat a fucking sandwich, just a sandwich. You know, if I I don't need to. I don't need to eat chocolate, I don't need to drink alcohol, I don't need to take drugs, I don't need to go out and gamble, I don't need to do all these things, but I have to eat food. I have to eat food. People have to eat food, and food is supposed to nurture you and not kill you. And for anyone, I mean, this needs to stop this victim-blaming bullshit of people who don't have a, have a clue, or even if it's people who have allergies, don't, don't victim-blame, don't say this shit. Go to the supermarket, go to the till and, and see the, the paperwork on, on the tills which, with, with product recalls. There is no such thing as own food, except if you are a farmer and you grow your own food in the backyard. Other than that, there is no such thing as your own food. So stop that victim blaming. That really makes that gets me up the flipping walls. But um, I'm sorry, but um, I really, really hope... Uh, even Natasha's law. I mean, now you can go to the Food Standards um, Agency website from the government, and you can. They added now this 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 thing where you can also report a food labeling issue. So if you do go to Pratt or any anywhere, it doesn't matter, and it is clearly mislabeled. The food is clearly mislabeled. You can see it, and, and I have tons of, of photos from customers on my blog where a customer shows a ham croissant which is labeled veggie or a um, tuna um, tuna melt toasty, uh, labeled tuna melt toasty but it is a ham toasty, stuff like that. Okay, that is a labeling issue. This is now breaking the law, breaking Natasha's law. There is a law at Pratt now or companies who mislabel are breaking the law now. Yeah? And People can go to the food standards agency. I mean, you can just Google it, something like report a food issue or report a food poisoning or food problem or something like that, and it will lead to that website. And it has different things where you can either you can report pest issues, you can report food poisoning, and now you can also report labeling issues. And um, for this to keep, you know, Pratt now selling moldy food and all due to still understaffing and wow and they're still business as usual and I don't know what it takes I don't know how many more people have to die no idea but you know knock wood nothing more is going to happen I don't know I'm actually surprised that not more customers have died to be very honest but anyway I'm sorry I got a little bit, bit hyped up here but um, please don't victim blame people um, this is horrific I mean I dare you, I dare you to say this to the families. I dare you. I mean, this, uh, stop this Stop this victim blaming here. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening and, yeah, have a nice one.